Thank you, ladies. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this Sunday morning. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your warm heart pastors. It is a blessing to see each and every one of you here this morning. In every row, in every pew, you will find a red attendance pad. If you could please fill it out. Sign it on down the row. Uh, That way you can get to know the folk who are sitting next to you. Although some of you have been in your pews and chairs for decades. You know the people who are there. But there might be one or two who, who just, it'd be good to know what's going on. If you're joining us online, we are blessed to have you with us as well. We pray that you find a blessing in today's service. So if this is your first time here, uh, or just a couple times that you've been here, we do have a welcome bag for you. We'd like to say hello and welcome to you uh, with a little gift. Uh, there's a little th- few things in here, some information about the church. There's a candle. You can get mugged here at the church. We, uh, that'd be fine as well. Uh, but some information. We just want to make sure we connect with you. Uh, Lisa will be walking around, looking around for folk uh, during our meet and greet time and maybe after the service. If we don't catch you, please catch us. Uh, we, we'd hate to miss some folk. Uh, Pastor Jen's out of town today, so, so uh, you won't see her. Uh, next Sunday, you won't see our family. Uh, we're heading out of town as well. Uh, so we'll be gone. My family will be gone we'll be about 10, 10, 12 days, something like that. Uh, our, our family, we, had, we have a goal of 50 by 50. 50 states by the time we're 50 years of age. And I have 30 days to make it to New Jersey. <laughs> Uh, my wife, she also picks up her 50th state, West Virginia, on this trip. So uh, uh, we're excited about that. But just know Pastor Jen is uh, in town when we're out of town and can handle any, any of our pastoral needs. Uh, I'm going to ask Jesse to come on up here. Can everyone say, hi, Jesse? This is Jesse Layton. Uh, Christine, who's been doing our nursery for the past couple of years, has moved to Oregon. Uh, and Jesse, uh, a lot of you will recognize her. She's been around for a long time here at the church. Uh, she's running our nursery now, and uh, she just wants to, to say a few words. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Um, like Pastor Mike said, my name is Jesse Layton, um, and I am the new nursery coordinator. A lot of you might have seen me downstairs um, because I've been working in the nursery about since I started attending back in 2011. So I've been down there for a while. I've seen a lot of our kiddos grow up and leave me and then get taller than me and be a little upset about it, but that's a wonderful thing, and luckily we've had a new flow of children for quite some time, and it's been, you know, really exciting to be part of that introduction to their church lives. Um, I participated in the choir and occasionally provided some special music, and along with working in the nursery, I am also a special education teacher at an elementary school in the Nampa School District. Um, I'm going into my eighth year of teaching with a total of 10 years in education, Um, and I was working in the nurseries in my churches before attending here. So I've been around and worked with children for a very long time. They are a passion of mine, and I love to help them nurture and grow into the tall children they become, and then eventually adults. Um, So I know there have been announcements in our services and in the bulletins about volunteers for our nursery to help me out. And while I love working with the children and I love their attention and hugs and everything, I'd like to spread that out because I would prefer if we could keep our nursery as close to following the procedures of safe sanctuary as possible, which means having at least two adults in the room at all times. And while I'd love to duplicate myself, science hasn't gotten there yet, so while I wait for it to catch up, Um, I'm here to reach out. Uh, We don't need you to sit in there every single service. Um, We would appreciate one service here every now and then. Um, We have the uh, service broadcast downstairs so that you can still watch it and pay attention to it. Um, A lot of our kiddos tend to be pretty self-sufficient while they're playing. Um, We also want to incorporate some more, you know, uh, 
Sunday school-like services, so maybe reading of some Bible passages while they have a snack or have some quiet time so that, you know, we can have a little bit more of a church focus. But anyway, um, on that note, (laughs) now that I've accepted this position, of course, that means I'm going on vacation. So (laughs) for the next two weeks, I will be out of town. Um, So if there are any volunteers for the next two Sundays for any of the services, please let us know. Um, That would really be appreciated and would ensure that our, you know, our nursery can stay open for everybody who needs it. Um, We have a few people who can help out, but they can't be there at every service for both Sundays. Uh, Thank you guys so much, church family, for your continued support of our children's programs, including the nursery. And I look forward to continuing to serve our children in the nursery, hopefully with some of you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. This is going to be the morning of announcements because Don Brister is going to come on up. He's our uh, stewardship uh, chair. So I think he's got a couple of announcements and then maybe a s- abbreviated stewardship moment. Jesse, what an impressive resume. So we're glad to have her. If memory serves me correctly, she's a pretty good trivia player too. So she played in our trivia contest one year. So, okay, announcements. Pastor Mike's already talked about the, the uh, attendance pads. Take care of that. Look on the back of your bulletin. A couple of things I want to talk about on the bulletin. Uh, Lisa said that uh, we still have openings for the blood drive, which will, that will take place on July 31st. So if you uh, are so inclined to do that, get a hold of uh, Lisa and sign up. Also, last week, Pastor Mike announced that we were getting T-shirts. And he said that he would be modeling the T-shirts. Now, I will tell you one thing. He's only giving you a front view. He's not turning sideways. I'm a, I'm a 3D model if I turn that way. Uh, there you go. There we go. Oh. Ooh. Ah. ah ooh. Price is Right's got nothing on me. So you can sign up. You can get, get your T-shirts ordered and... Uh, they would be. They look nice, and you look nice. My wife does good. I'm a little. Like I'm morning. a little envious though because I'm not going to hit my 50th state. I've got one left. Not easy to get to North Dakota. No yeah. reason to go to North Dakota. <laughs> Please, is there anybody here from North Dakota? Oh, <laughs> I apologize. Okay. Okay, Pastor Mike. When he announced me to make the announcements, he also said that I was a stewardship chairman. So anytime I get this microphone, I feel like I need to talk about our finances, whether it's a good news or bad news. So uh, we don't have the final figures for the month of June. So... Uh, I'll be relying on May actuals and some uh, educated preliminary thoughts about what's coming up. If you'll notice on the screen is the, uh, our current stewardship report, the latest one we have ready. And this is from May, and we were $1,500 behind in May, which means that the total for the year puts us at $56,000 in the red. June is not going to be much better. And um, it looks like the way the figures are going to come out, and this is an educated guess, we're going to be about 20-plus thousand short for the month, and we're going to be approaching 75,000 for the year in the red. So I apologize for not having the exact numbers. But they will be available later this week, and I will get with Jacob, and we'll get the uh, this new slide for next Sunday. And it also will be in the uh, email blast in the middle of the week, and it will be in the Footprints article. I will save on some good news. We, we had a really good first Sunday in July. Uh, we had, you know, we did, did well as far as our, uh, our offerings go. My concern as your stewardship chairman and as a member of this congregation is we never seem to be too concerned 
about our financial situation in the middle of the year. We believe that we're always going to finish strong and we're going to come through at the end of the year and we'll meet our goals and we'll be in the black. Well, that's a true statement. We've always done that. Since I've been here 15 plus years, we have always done that. But what happens if we build up a deficit that is so large we can't overcome it in November and December? Something to think about. Our expenses are pretty constant. So the answer is either cut expenses or we increase our giving totals. So I'm asking you this morning if you would join with me in a concerted prayer effort and ask the Lord to show each of us how we can improve our financial situation and improve our giving so that we can continue the splendid work that we do here in this community and in this congregation. I thank you for listening to me, and I'll see you later. Thank you, Don. I didn't mean to make fun of the abbreviated stewardship moment, but pretty soon he's going to be reading the scripture, which is not abbreviated. It's going to feel like the whole book of Exodus, but there's a story in there. But he's, trust me, he's going to get plenty of pulpit time up here in a moment. (laughs) Let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the hymns.
standing and repeat with me our affirmation of faith. You can find it in the hymnal on page 889 or it's on the screen. Join with mine your voices. There is one God and there is one mediator, Christ Jesus, who came as a ransom for all to whom we testify. This saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory. Great indeed is the mystery of the gospel. Amen. You may be seated. But if you're in fifth grade and below, come on up. This is your time for worship. See you guys. How we doing? Doing good? It's good. Good morning. It's a good morning. I love Legos. I don't know if you like playing Legos. But this, I, I, raided, I raided my daughter's closet this morning. Found her box of Legos. And I made this beautiful, beautiful contraption. And you know what? I like it so much that I'm going to worship it. Should I worship this? These, O oh people, are your gods. Worship them. Does that sound silly? Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds very weird. Well, how about I put it right here and then we could pray to it? Would that work? You never worshiped your Legos? Good, good, good job. I'm, don't touch. Don't touch God. I know. I thought they said we couldn't see him. You're right. We can't see God. But a long time ago, people used to make things like, well, maybe not out of Legos, but they used to make idols. Idols is the big word. No Legos. Matter of fact, I didn't even ask my daughter, so I'm probably in trouble for having these today. Oh. People would make idols and they would say, these are your gods. And they would pray and they would worship these and, and sacrifice before them. Long time ago, there's a story in the Bible of, of Moses' brother who made an idol. Something not, not quite like this out of Legos, but he made it out of gold. And he made it in the shape of a, of a calf. And they made a golden calf. And it, it, Aaron said, these are your gods. And Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. And he said, and he, and, and he said man, we've already broken one. <laughs> Looking, looking, at the, looking at the golden calf. Yeah. Now, can something like this could, this, could this free people out of slavery? Not so much. Could, could something like this help us through tough times? Not so much. Could something like this get us into heaven? Not so much. Now, there's a song that oh, I should have put it on for today. I didn't. Uh, it's called Spirit of the Living God. This is not alive. This might be fun to play with. But it's not God. You and me, we can't make God. Uh, it's on the, something like that. Which is why I'm doing it this way. It sounds silly to worship something like this, but let me tell you a story that, that I, that where I messed up and I made my own golden calf. Hold up. So in basketball, in high school, we were going, we were going to state. And it was fun because it was the first time in 50 years that we went to state, which state is like the best basketball teams of the, in, 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 in the state, which for Nebraska is not that big a deal, but we made it. <laughs> we made it, right? Uh, and so what we did is we raided the, uh, the trophy case in, in our little school and they had the, the hoop, they had the, the net, you know, you know, when you, when you make a basket, they have the, like the net that goes underneath the basketball rim. They had the net from the team that went 50 years before. My grandpa was on that team. That's how old it was. 
And we took that net and we cut it up. Hold on. I know it's exciting. We cut it up. And we all tied a little bit of it on our shoes. We didn't ask the coach to do this. We didn't ask the school if we could do this. But someone had the key. (laughs) And we thought, this is going to help us win. This is going to help us. uh, This this, this little thing is going to make us win the championship. And guess what? We got to that first game. And guess what happened? We lost. (laughs) Wasn't even close. Shoelaces don't help. All the little gold, uh, all the little uh, good luck charms that we have don't help. All the things that we make, that's not God. God's up there. And more importantly, God is in here and in here and in here and in here and in here. And in all of these people, we are the temple of God. We don't make God, but God lives in each and every one of us. And that makes you special. Can you pray with me today? Let's pray. God above, we ask your blessings upon these little ones that as they grow in love and as they grow in godliness, we, pr- we just ask a blessing upon their parents and upon them that they might know that they don't walk through this life alone, but they walk with the love of you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down. be wondering uh, the anthem today. I don't see anyone up here to sing our anthem. Well, we taped it ahead of time. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, participated in, in the song that you're about to see on the TV. Uh, it was one of those poster board. So thank you to Debbie and to Jacob for making that. Uh, uh, and, and for all the folk who helped volunteer, uh, Emma Jean and the like. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of this in the future, please let us know. We, we would love to have you uh, as a part of it. But let's, let's see what you all made. Pull back the curtain, take off your disguise. Whoever told you, you ain't worth the fight. The cross tells a story that'll change your mind. There's only love in the heart of God. No room for shame, it is open. There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. There's only love in the heart of God. Ooh. Ooh. Come prodigal children. It's never too late Run home to the Father Let Him clothe you with grace And bury your burdens Break free from your fear Step out of the shadows There's no judgment here There's only love in the heart of God No for shame in his open arms. There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. There's only love in the heart of Shaking his head, writing you off, leaving you lost. 
He's not sitting there shaking his head. He went to that cross. He went to that cross. A lot of familiar faces in there, uh, first service and second service, and a lot of homebound folk as well, folk who are joining us online uh, who also participated. That's a great way if you're at home and you want to participate in worship. That's also a neat way to participate in our, in our worship. If you'd like to be involved in, next, in the next one, let the office know, let me know, let the bed souls know. They, they make a lot of our phone calls, so thank you. Let us be a people of prayer. Blessed are you, O God, creator of the universe and giver of all good gifts to your children. You are great and and to be lifted high in praise. On this beautiful, warm, and about to be warmer summer day, we thank you that you have not forgotten us, not abandoned us, not rejected us despite all that, that speaks against us. In your own dear son, Jesus the Christ, you have have given us nothing less than yourself. This morning we bring to you all the troubles that, uh, that hit our hearts. Our mistakes, our sins, our embarrassments, our sorrows, and our cares. Our own rebellious and bitterness. And our whole heart and life better known to you than to ourselves. We commit all of this into your faithful hands. We pray that you take us as we are. Strengthen us when we are weak. And let your loving kindness shine upon us and all whom we love. Shine upon those who are suffering, those who are sick, those who have experienced grief and loss. Open our hearts to those hurting in our city, those who are hungry, those who are homeless, those who are lonely. Give to us and to all who worship you this day what we need to become all that you have created us to be. We offer ourselves to you in the love of Jesus Christ who taught his followers to pray by sharing in these words together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. sing our next congregational hymn, Seek Ye First.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Old Testament. I'll be reading two passages. The first comes from Exodus 20, verses 4 through 6. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The second reading, also from Exodus chapter 32, and I'll be reading the first 24 verses. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought us out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They had bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation." But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand, why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land, I promise them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God, engraved on both tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is a sound of war in the camp. And Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. He said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my Lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods and who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't even know what happened to him. So I told them, 
whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Thank you, Don. Uh, Don says, next time I read, I don't, don't give me any big, long names like the big old Bible names. I said, no problem. So I'll just give you the, the whole chapter of, of, out of Exodus. So here's, here's, here's a few of my favorite bumper stickers that I've seen recently. Okay? If at first you don't succeed, try not to look astonished. <laughs> IRS. We've got what it takes to take what you've got. <laughs> Hang up and drive. That's been out there. Keep honking. I'm reloading. That's still in there. Uh, women who seek to be equal to men lack ambition. Ah, <laughs> uh, bumper stickers. You don't see a whole lot of them today, do you? Uh, but uh, when I was growing up, everyone had bumper stickers. They were the thing. But now they kind of, you know, they take down the value of your car. And, and, but some people really enjoy their bumper stickers. Have you ever, like, you, you've been behind someone, you just can't read it, so you get closer and closer and closer. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that stage as well. Uh, bumper stickers, a weird form of advertisement of something that's within you. Uh, they are a manifestation of what you of what you believe. Well, our scripture this morning is a warning about images, or more precisely, idols. Now, when we think of idols, the usual image that comes to mind is you know a piece of wood or a piece of stone fashioned together that uh, God is somehow embedded within this within this thing. A piece of earthly material that has magical or sacred qualities. Religions all over the world use idols. But we in the Judeo-Christian tradition, we have a specific rule. Made the top ten about not making idols. Uh, God good. Idols bad. And if it was so evident that this was against God's wishes and commands, why did Aaron do what he did. So tomorrow, uh, today's sermon is going to be just kind of a uh, biblical exposition on, on the story itself. We're in the middle of a middle, we're on the second one, of a Ten Commandment series. So the next sermon will be, you know, vanity. The third one will be, uh, you know, Sabbath and all that. So we're going to catch all ten of these, but today is idols. So the story takes place in the desert wanderings. Second book of the Bible. After Moses leads the people out of, out of Egypt. This was the time in Israel's history when they were unsure what they would become as a nation. All they knew is that the God of their, of their ancestors, 400, 500 years before, brought Moses to bring them out. Moses just delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh. And they don't know this yet. They're, they're, they're literally within like three weeks, four weeks of being out. They get to the mountain. So let me, let me backtrack. Moses, burning bush, go free my people. Moses goes to Egypt, frees the people, brings them back to that same mountain. It took them just a few weeks. We think 40 years. They, they didn't just like walk around for 40 years. They camped for years on end in one place while they tried to figure out where are we going to get land. Kind of like here in Meridian. Where are we going to buy land? I don't know. It's so expensive here. Uh, but we'll figure it out. Their leader, God. Their human leader, who spoke on behalf of God, Moses. And in this story, Moses is having a conference call with God. This was the conference call, the committee meeting, if you will, where God and Moses hammered out the Ten Commandments. It even said that God's finger, God's hand, uh, made, the, made the tablets themselves. Well, Moses was taking a sweet time about things, but before he left, he told his older brother Aaron, hey, Aaron, I'm going up on the mountain, talk to God, figure things out. You are in charge of everyone. Hundreds of thousands of slaves in the desert with no food. Good luck. No response, <laughs> no small responsibility. All he has to do is make sure they drink their milk, do their homework, in bed by 10, 
And Aaron finds out that it's not exactly easy to take care of thousands of people while Moses is up frolicking in the hills with God. Now, if you're the people of Israel, you're in the middle of nowhere, food is in short supply, you have no home, you have no allies, you're walking around until your leader says, stop. And that leader, by the way, Moses has left and has not returned for over a month. So you're cranky, you're irritable, and your new leader, Aaron, doesn't seem to know what he's doing. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to complain. And they were known for complaining. (laughs) Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. As for this person, Moses, we have no idea what happened to him. And Aaron, sensing dismay, sensing uneasiness, sensing a, a, a mutiny, if you will, bowed down to their demands. Take the gold off. Uh, Your wives, your daughters, your sons, take your gold earrings. Now, when I I read this, I had to think back and I had to reread some stuff before this because I was wondering, where did all these slaves get gold? Egypt. Before they left, they plundered Egypt, and that was one of the decrees that I I forgot about when I reread it this week. Uh, Go, go through all your houses, get all the valuables on your way out. They took silver, gold, anything else they could lay their hands on. They took the Egyptians cold, and they created their God for it. The God that Aaron made was created from Egypt's gold. So what, I hear you ask? All right, good question. What's the problem with that? Well, the issue is that Aaron is still holding on to relics of the past. God promised them a new life, a new nation, a new beginning. And so Aaron's, Aaron's idea was, let's just recreate what we had back in Egypt. Even the bull was a piece of Egyptians' past. <laughs> Some of you know that one. Uh, The bull itself was an Egyptian god of fertility and of power. Uh, We get a golden calf on Wall Street. I'm going to see that in two weeks. I'm actually excited to see the thing. (laughs) Aaron basically built an idol of an Egyptian god for Israel, who just left centuries of slavery under the hated Egyptians. So it's kind of a paradox here. Israel, greatly happy to be out of Egypt, but let's carry with us. The Egyptian gods. And Aaron proclaims a time of feasting, of celebrating, of partying. I'll let you uh, figure out what partying means. Just use your imagination. Other versions of the Bible use use words like, uh, they got up to indulge in revelry. After feasting, they took part in play. They rose up to dance and be merry. Uh, there's one version of the Bible called the message. This is how uh, it, it, that puts it. Uh, the people sat down to eat and drink and began to party, and it turned into a wild party. <laughs> Not quite the image of a holy nation. So when it was at this time when the Israelites were worshiping in this God of fertility, when Moses finally came down off the mountain. He's got the Ten Commandments in his hands. He's walking down. He's got the Ten. We could just imagine Charlton Heston. Here he comes, coming down with these, with these tablets. <laughs> and one of the commandments is, thou shalt not make any idols. And also over here on this list, thou shalt not commit adultery. And I'm not saying adultery took place, but chances are, with all this going on, he's, oh, we've, first day, we've already blown two of these. And in anger, he throws down the Ten Commandments, breaks them, finds his brother Aaron, and Moses asks, what were you thinking? And Aaron plays the blame game. You, you know how prone these people are. You know, they, they said, make gods who will go before us. Moses, we don't know what happened to him. So I told them, whoever's got gold, take it off. And they gave me the gold and I threw it in the fire and out came this golden calf. I see Aaron in me sometimes. That's why I still love having children at home. 
because I can blame things on them. <laughs> Who left this? Did, I don't know. I don't know. You know these children, how prone to evil they are. And then, my children know the truth. <laughs> they started it. They made me do it. And you could almost hear the harsh words of God in their, in their, in their ears. Idol. Idol. An idol is something that takes the place of God. An idol is something that is out of order in importance. We can't have idols for God. We just don't do it. We believe in the living God. Not a God of a stone or rock or, or, or trinkets or, or good luck charms. But we also have idols in our own life. Things that take the place of something else. Where you find happiness, where you find joy. You could probably guess the most obvious idol that we have, if you had to guess, is money. Money, money, money. We have agreed that needs to be fed. And it's true what they say where we put our money is where we put our worship. What do we worship? A lot of people don't like the church to talk about money. It's not the proper place, not the proper topic. Usually it's because we're asking for money. I'm not going to do that right now. I got the offertory right after this. We'll do it then. But Jesus talked a great deal about money. 16 of the 38 parables concerned about how we handle our possessions. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, under 500 on faith but over 2,000 on where we treat our money and our possessions. Where we write our checks, if you remember checks back in the day, is the object of our affections. Now, none of us believe that what we make or what we spend could be idolatrous. The median household income in America today is $70,000 per household. If we examine all the wealth in our country and who controls the resources, we find that the bottom 50% of households, the bottom half of all Americans, control 2% of all the wealth in this country. Over half of us are scrambling for for 2% of the available wealth. The top 1% controls 50% of the wealth. 1% controls half. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not picking on them. Someday I want to be them. <laughs> I get that. And some of them are the most generous people that you will find. But the tippy top Forbes 400 people, the top 400 people control 35% of all the wealth in this country. Wow. A teacher was trying to impress her students with the importance of honesty. And she asked her class, suppose, suppose one of you found a briefcase with a million dollars in it. What would you do? And little Johnny in the back raised his hand and said, if it belonged to a poor family, I'd give it back. <laughs> Money is not the idol. Money is not the idol. It's just a tool. Right? The root of all evil is not money, but it's the love of money. It makes us do things that we would not ordinarily do. It, it makes us treat people like objects. Greed makes us cheapen, cheapen life to a monetary figure. And I'm guilty of that. I, I won't say how, but but there are times that well, I'm 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 out there working in the in the in the yard. I'm working. I'm, I'm mowing my yard and and taking care of things. And oh, I I wish I wish I could just hire someone for two dollars and a uh, uh, just someone who I don't know. And uh, let me just I would I would love to hire someone who is maybe not a citizen of this country who needs the work. And oh, I wish I could do. That. And and these thoughts creep in. I'm like I'm just. My problem is that I need to love people and use things. Love people, use things. But sometimes I love things 
and I use people. Where's your heart, Pastor Mike? Where do you put your money? What do you worship? If, 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 I, if I pay more for my cell phone bill than what I give in charity, there, there, there's a problem in this heart. Another idol, the idol of fame or popularity. I'm going I'm to skip that paragraph because of time, but we have this golden calf syndrome. We worship things that we shouldn't worship. We put things out of order. I got I to remember how, how this goes. You know, God, country, family. No, I got to put family up here and then cell phone down here. I, I got to put these in order in my head, right? Where's work in there? Is work above or below family? Below family, right? Yeah. Someday I won't work anymore, but my family will still be there. However, I still have to work to provide for my family. So there's, there's always that give and take, right? Right. But if I love my work more than my family, idol. It's an idol. It's out of place. I do feel bad for Aaron. He was trying to do his best, but he messed up. Do you know why he messed up? Well, they didn't have the Bible back then, but if he had his Bible, he, he might have read it. And there was, there's another little story in there that, uh, that I haven't brought up. He almost hit the mark. He almost hit the mark. You see, several chapters back in the story, God told the Israelites to build the Ark of the Covenant. The box where they're going to put these, these Ten Commandments. The Ark was uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You've seen this thing, right? He was to carry, it was to carry the Ten Commandments. It was to be made of acacia wood, gold trimmings. On top, it had two cherubims. There you go. On top, it had two cherubims, two winged angels that kind of looked at each other. And on the top, keep it up there for a second. On the top was the mercy seat where, the, where God was supposedly to sit and, and judge Israel. This was in the Holy of Holies in the temple later on. They'd only see it once a year and only one person would see it. But those angels, cherubim, they have hands and wings. They have feet, but their bodies, according to the Bible, fashion them out of the shape of a bull. A lion or bull is what those things are. He was so close. They just made a golden calf. But it's on the side of where God sits. Don't let the calf be your God. It's only on the side. Does God want you to have money? Does God want you to have fame? Does God want you to to have all the good things of life? Yes. But as we sang, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then all these things shall be added unto you. What idols do we have? What do we worship? The story this story is, is the number one story brought up again and again throughout the Bible. This particular story. Uh, Nehemiah brings it up. Remember you, remember you people with the golden calf? Psalms brings it up. Corinthians brings it up. Isaiah brings it up. Acts brings it up. Remember, remember, remember. God can't be replaced. Let's not put an idol where God should be. Beef. It's what's for worship. And the family of God said, Amen. As we come to the offering, thank you, thank you, thank you to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. You make this place happen. Uh, I won't go into it since Don already did, but uh, your gifts are especially appreciated during these lean summer months. Thank you.
As willing and able, please stand for our doxology and offertory prayer. share in our prayer. God of eternity and God of the next moment, we offer our gifts today, having heard your call through Jesus to follow. May our gifts bring us closer to you and to the community around us. Amen. Please remain standing for our closing hymn, O God, our help in ages past. Our, our postlude today will be given by uh, Miss Lila Hill over here. It's been a while since Lila played for us. Lila, I saw you this last week on my app. I have an app on my phone that has the Meridian Historic Historical Walking Tour of the area. You can get this uh, uh, here. At, just go to the website uh, for the city. You can get the walking tour. Check out the area around us. And Lila gives all, she, she walks you around and she tells you about all the buildings. So uh, uh, you could give that a shot. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we celebrate in these, these days of summer, may you feel the warmth of God as well. Amen.